Are you ready to turn your investments into retirement income? Listen in as Jeremy Kyle and his guests reveal ways you can make smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions to achieve your ideal retirement. You will learn more about your money so you can feel better about your money and make better money decisions. Now, on to the show. Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and I'm joined by my producer, Eric Johnson. Eric, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. It was just such a great conversation before we hit the record button today with Mm -hmm. your guest. And this is going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've got Aaron Crane on. And Aaron and I got introduced just through LinkedIn. It's fun how LinkedIn can connect a whole bunch of people, especially with you know COVID over the last 18 months or so. So we got connected. I'm following her on LinkedIn. I'm thinking we need to start talking about some federal employee benefits. That's what we'll talk about today. And then I see there's a post that she's doing, how she's an expert in federal employee benefits. I thought, oh my goodness, we know exactly who to bring on the show. Aaron, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. It was nice to follow your story about how you got into the industry and how you're making such a large impact. And I couldn't help but reach out and go, hey, you know what? I started my career, my financial planning career while living in England for about 10 years. And there's a guy over there named Jeremy Kyle. Oh, that's right. Yes. K-Y-L-E. <laughs> and I said, Maybe you haven't heard of this, but I'm so glad to replace that image of him. If you think Jerry Springer, it's much better to have Jeremy Kyle with K-E-I-L. So yeah. thank you for that. Yeah. You're telling me that Jeremy Kyle show in England is basically like the, the Jerry Springer of England. That's funny. You have a, a slight namesake over there and glad to hopefully upgrade the, the status of the, of the Jeremy <laughs> Kyle name. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, so you were living in England for some time and you were telling me earlier that Uh, you were working for a financial company that worked only with military and federal employees that were over in in England. I imagine that's U.S. military and U.S. federal. Correct. It was U.S. military, mainly the Air Force and the contractors living in England. It was such a nice time to live in England and still have that American connection. And Mm -hmm. I learned quickly some of the most common mistakes that people were making with these amazing military and federal benefits. So it became my passion to really educate them on how to maximize what they're given and their opportunity to retire quite successfully one day down the road. Yeah, absolutely. And so you've spent at least seven years working with pretty much strictly those uh, type of folks that have these federal benefits, but you went beyond that. You got a a designation. It's the CHFEBC. Did I say that correct? Yes, you did. It's Excellent. Tell me about it. Of, and this is such a great designation. It really sets us apart. There are times when if I'm working with an air traffic controller, for example, and they want me to come speak to all their employees, their HR department now really requires this designation. So not everyone can do it. And which is such a relief in reality because the designation proves that you've taken the time to really study the uniqueness of the benefits they're given. Mm. And it's one of the greatest benefit classes, if you will, that people can have worldwide. I mean, it's significant. And I know Jeremy quite a bit about their program as well, but their benefits are phenomenal. It's just really learning what the ins and outs are. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, grew up in Maryland. My dad was in the army. So pretty much everyone I know has some sort of military or U.S. government background. And here we are in Milwaukee. You don't run across that 
too much. But as soon as I start talking about FERS and CSRS and TSP <laughs> and all these kind of things, people out here in Wisconsin light up because it's rare that you find someone that has a, a connection to that. But I love that you've gone through and you've studied and gone beyond what knowledge I might have to have that CHFEBC, which is, what would that be? Chartered Financial or Federal Employee? Let's yeah, go with the, so the, the whole- Chartered Federal Employee Benefit Consultant. Excellent. Cool. Yeah. Well, as part of that, you were- uh, listing out for me, here's a lot of the common issues that people need to be aware of or go through and make sure they're getting good choices on there. Let's just run through them. Sure. I think you can picture, if you will, federal employees can think of their retirement as a three-legged stool or maybe even a four-legged stool. So you have your first pension, then you have your TSP, you end up with social security, and then you can utilize cash value life insurance as a four-leg in retirement as a volatility buffer. But if you think about it as first pension, TSP, social security, at least a three-legged stool, and then mm -hmm. diving into, all right, how do we maximize those benefits? So one of the first common issues I see a lot, and I preface mm -hmm. this, Jeremy, by saying one of the things I do in my practice is really emphasize that there, the moment you enter my office, or you join me on a Zoom call, this is a judgment-free zone. And the main reason I ended up saying that over and over again, I would meet someone who's served for 18 years. They come in for their first financial advising conversation. They hand me some of their statements, their TSP statement, for example, and they're in the G fund. They're proud that they've been putting money aside since the moment they became a federal or military employee, but it's in the G fund. And Jeremy, mm -hmm. you know what that means. It's basically yeah. on a savings account. Right. So the first thing we look at is as a federal employee, you get match, you get a 5% match. Are you using that? Or are you maximizing that? Mm -hmm. Are you selecting a Roth you know, contribution for yourself or are you still in a traditional that will have a massive impact on your taxes down the road. But again, knowing your options, what's the difference between the C, S, I, you know, F mm -hmm. fund, those sort of things. And you don't have to be the expert, but let us support you in that. Because when we talk about the G fund and how it's basically a savings account, if you look for the month over month return or even the year over year return, it's less than 1% at the moment. Mm. So it, it can have a huge impact when you get ready for retirement and, and yeah. sadly not the way you want it to. Absolutely. Well, it's interesting too. It's uh, a lot of people sometimes even ask, how come you're talking specifically about We Energies or AT&T or Harley Davidson and now about the federal government plans? That's only going to help out a specific number of people. Well, I say, well, what's interesting is that the math is the same, but the numbers are different. And the mm. words are different, but it's all the same kind of stuff. So a lot of people that are listening to this might be federal employees and they know exactly what CSI and G stand for, the L funds that are out there, what mm -hmm. TSP means. TSP is thrift savings plan. But if you're not a federal employee, if you don't have the TSP, well, guess what that is? It's basically a 401k. And it's the same thing you ought to be going through is when you have a 401k at work, decide if you want Roth or traditional, if you want that tax break now or the tax break later, take a look to see if there's a stable value or money market fund, which is basically what this G fund is that you're talking about. 
and look at all these asset allocation funds that are there, which are like these L funds for life cycle that they talk about within the TSP. So everyone keep on listening if you're not even a federal employee, because, hey, this is the the same thing you got to be going through no matter where you're at. It's just, you'll hear a lot of words in the same place. A lot of uh, companies, they have very specific kind of language around it. And just our, our goal here is to translate a little bit of language for the, the non-federal employees. But hey, the federal employees here, you're going to know exactly what to be, be looking at as well, too. And the yeah, second issue you talked about is FEHB. Tell me about, about that one. Yeah. And let me just go back to the, I love what you just said, Jeremy. And for the mere fact that really it does boil down to the education and understanding how things impact right now and long-term. So it doesn't mean, for example, if you're a federal employee, the G fund doesn't serve a purpose. It can Mm -hmm. be something you utilize at a specific time in, in your life. But if you're trying to build and accumulate wealth in the meantime, you know, it might not be the right time for a G fund or an F fund. So I I do appreciate what you're saying about this really impacts everyone. And this is why I do love your podcast. Thanks. Great. (laughs) (laughs) So to go to the FEHB, the federal health benefits, again, you know, please feel free to take this broader. Many people don't understand how FEHB works in retirement and that in order to keep it in retirement, you must have it prior to retiring for five years Mm -hmm. and be eligible for an immediate pension. So if I take that a step further, I go, here's a question I ask people that come into my office. If you were to pass away as a retired federal employee with FEHB and your spouse survives you, would you be okay with your spouse losing basically their health coverage? And that can be a really scary thought process. So just because, again, you wanted to save money on your pension, but now what about the survivor benefit for your, your spouse, your significant other? So- you know, a surviving spouse is not eligible to continue FEHB after the retired federal employee dies unless they have indeed selected that survivor benefit pension. Yeah. And so, you had said, I think, what, five years beforehand, even before exactly, retiring. Exactly. And that's the scary part. And when it comes down to quite often people have accumulated enough assets in their portfolio, so they feel good about that and they should. Mm-hmm. You've accumulated enough in your portfolio. So they go... I don't want to take a 10% reduction on my pension, but it comes yeah. at a great cost being your health care. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, gotcha. Well, it's interesting uh, too. That's a lot of people, they come to us and say, Hey, I'm retiring next month or next year. It's time to start looking at this. And we say, that's wonderful. We're glad you're finally looking at it. But if the question is, when should we start looking at retirement? I mean, the, the best answer is the day you start working like with really? your whole career. Uh, but really, yeah, at least five years ahead of time, especially for federal employees, you got to start preparing for this five years ahead of time because there are rules like that. We had an Illinois worker, so Illinois government, and that was an interesting situation because both the husband and wife, or at the time they're not yet married, they were both widowed. And so we are helping them with some decisions on what you do with social security. There's some age 60, age 62, age 66. There's so many different kind of rules that pop in there. And then they had another rule that they had to be married for a full year before she could get that uh, retirement health benefit. So it was really interesting. We had to wait till a specific month before they could get married and then wait till another specific month before they filed. And then they had to have enough of a long time frame. He had to wait about 12 months to retire and they were going through. And if they had not planned for it ahead of time, they would have been missing out on some benefit out there. So that's excellent. Uh, start looking at least five years ahead of time 
about retirement if you're a federal employee. And really, if you're any working for any company, that's great advice. Yeah, if you're expecting that healthcare to carry through, it's important to know the ins and outs of it for sure. Yeah. But the next thing you and I had discussed prior to uh, jumping on this was expecting pension payments upon retirement on day one. Talk you about- retire today, you get your pension tomorrow, right? <laughs> you would hope and you would think so, but sadly, that is not the case. It can take up to two to six months before you get that first retirement pay. Mm-hmm. This is usually caused simply because the OPM is adjudicating their retirement benefits. The thought process is to educate the federal employee to be aware of this. So if you have a six-month savings, is that the right strategy? Because what happens if an emergency occurs during that six-month savings and you only saved six months worth of expenses, but not the emergency Mm -hmm. part? So it's really a time to look at cash flow, look at something for liquidity and go from there. Yeah. Absolutely. You're probably, by the time you hit retirement, the federal employees, get they get paid fairly well, I would say. So you've got a fairly uh, high income when you're 60-ish and you're retiring. You're probably used to that income and you're thinking, I've got a pretty good pension. I'll get something somewhat similar. And then all of a sudden you go two to six months with no salary, no pension. You got to be prepared for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's surprising. And again, I think most of us, regardless if you're a federal employee or not, you just think, oh, perfect. I'm ready to retire. Next mm-hmm. month, I won't get a paycheck. I'll get my retirement check. And that is right. not always the case. Yep, absolutely. Well, the so, next thing to look into is related to the pension. It's what is your retirement formula? And you've got of a form where somebody can check that. What's that, that form called? Yeah, very good. It's the SF50. It's the Notice of Personnel Action. And this mm-hmm. is so interesting. I'll tell you a story about it. I mean, the retirement formula is based on years of creditable service. So it's not I volunteered or I was an intern. It's creditable service plus the high three salary. And again, Sometimes what happens is you have a federal employee married to a military person or another federal person, and they might move to a different location. So we had a family that came in one time and she was making good money. They moved, the husband and wife moved to a different location. And for about three years, she made about $30,000 more than what she had been making. Then of course, be it federal or military life, you move about every three to five years Mm -hmm. and they moved back. And about 10 years later, they go to retire. And guess what? When they had moved and her income had increased by 30 grand, it wasn't on this SF 50 form. So luckily we're walking through it. She's like, I don't, I actually don't see it. And we had to go back and ask their OPM, you know, HR department to really put that back on. It made a huge difference. Well, I can imagine. That's got to be a big difference. So that's same thing with social security, same thing with your pension uh, from where you're retiring. Understand exactly how your pension is being uh, created. We had somebody on from earlier that we were talking to and they had a Wisconsin state retirement pension and they were convinced that they could take their, their pension at 57 and a half. I've been telling them for 10 years, it's 57. They said, nope, I'm the one that worked there. It's 57 and a half. So he called me up, said, I'm 57 and a half. I want to file. Can you help me out? And so I looked at it and said, do you mind if I just double check something real quick? Well, I showed to him right there that it's age 57. I said, I hope they can give you the six months back. They actually did. 
I don't think they really should have the way I read it, but they did. And that's great. I mean, they kind of helped him out when I was reading the rules. It didn't seem like that was possible, but thank goodness they, they helped him out um, with that slight mistake. But even though he got it back, he could have had that money six months, no matter what it is, pension, social security, your federal pension, figure out exactly what's your retirement formula based on, what are the ages that things are based on, is it high three salary, all that kinds of stuff there. Speaking though of your pension, a lot of people go from the military right to uh, federal government employment. Tell me how that works out where you can actually buy back and get extra creditable service time because of being in the military. How's that work out? Absolutely. This is such a good option that the federal government allows you to do that. Sadly, a lot of people either just don't take advantage of it or don't honestly know about it. So many people who, like you said, served in the military, but didn't serve long enough to get a military pension, Mm -hmm. move over to be a federal employee, but they can buy their time back and have it count toward calculating your federal retirement. So to get the credit, again, you have to make your deposit in full before retiring. And that's Mm -hmm. just paperwork, but it is worth doing the paperwork and we can help you with that too. Yeah. That shows why having an expert is a big help. I imagine it's somewhat similar. I don't know the exact numbers, but I imagine the numbers are somewhat similar to social security where it grows at roughly seven to 8% per year. And I wish I could buy more social security, right? To say, Hey, here's a hundred grand. Here's 10 grand, whatever that number happens to be, I'll take some more social security. So that's great that through the federal pension, if you're a person that qualifies for this, you can uh, buy back and get more of a great thing. Right. Absolutely. And it's, it's something too, when you're talking about military to federal with life insurance, I mean, the military and and the federal market provides a great group term life insurance Mm -hmm. solution during their active years. So for example, if your military is SGLI, mm-hmm. or if you're, you're federal as FEGLI, but it's literally a group term. So it's dirt cheap during the time mm-hmm. that you're working your active years and not retired, but it's just like any other term policy. So the moment you get out, you get an option for maybe VGLI. So it's for military veterans group life insurance or the retired one for the federal uh, market, but it grows over time, your dirt cheap premium becomes more and more expensive to the Mm -hmm. point where you can no longer really afford it. So like most term policies, it doesn't pay out. You cancel it. And then the scary question becomes, if I want to replace it with something that protects my family to the day I truly die, which Mm -hmm. is what you hope life insurance does, are you insurable? Mm -hmm. So what we try to do is look holistically at and retirement planning and, and financial planning and going, okay, look, this isn't just to retirement. This is through retirement. There's right. a difference. Yeah. And one reason a lot of people think I'm retiring, why do I need the life insurance? What's the point of that? Well, uh, a big part of it might be what happens to the survivor. So the survivor benefit for the pension works a little bit different than most people uh, mm-hmm. expect. A lot of times I talk to people and they say, Hey, I'm getting a hundred percent of my survivorship. And that's a, a common thing. So we'll say, Oh, you, you have a, a joint pension where it's between you and your spouse. And it's a hundred percent survivorship where the spouse, that's not the worker. If the worker dies, who's now retired, if they die, then the spouse gets a hundred percent. And that means it's the exact same number. 
But for the federal government, 100% does not mean the exact same number. It's 100% of like half, right? How do, right. What, what 55%. an odd formula. Yeah, 55%. And that's the maximum. It's a maximum survivorship. So if you're getting uh, $2,000 a month from your federal employee, from your federal pension, your survivor, the maximum they can get is $1,100 a month. They can only get 55%. And it's crazy because they get a, a listing where they can say, well, do you want 10%, 20%, 30 all the way up to 100% of the survivor benefit? And so you might think, well, 100% of the survivor benefit means I get the same amount when the first person passes away, but it's not. It's the percentage of 55%. That's just kind of a, right. a crazy and way to look at it. And it's taxable, Jeremy, right? Like it's not just where traditional life insurance, be it term or permanent, if you look at SBP versus life insurance, SBP is taxable. So not mm-hmm. only is it maybe 55% of X number, mm-hmm. then you have to deduct the taxes. Yep. You got it. Yeah. It just, it shows you, I don't know what the pension is going to be. And it's not just about you as the worker that's retiring. It's about the surviving spouse as they come in with social security, you're going to lose between 20 and 50% of your social security. And so if you lose 45% or more of your pension, that could be a big problem for that surviving spouse. So it's helpful to look at this ahead of time. We've got a guidebook. It's called three things you need to know before hiring your financial advisor. And I think that's one of them. If the financial advisor is just telling you, oh, take the the lump sum pension uh, option, which I don't believe is available in the federal employee system, but it is with a lot of other systems. If they're just telling you, take the lump sum pension, they haven't done any math on it. Or they kind of ask you, what do you want to do with your pension? I think you ought to run away. You need a, a, an advisor that knows the system and is making calculations on the system to show you, here's what you're going to gain. Here's what you're going to lose. Let's look at all the options because maybe the best option is to take the 100% of the 55%. But maybe the best option uh, is to take a different situation and have some sort of insurance. Maybe it's the conversion from the federal government insurance. Maybe you go buy insurance on your own. Whatever the numbers point to is probably the right answer. Yeah. And it's just knowing your choices, right? Mm-hmm. If, if you don't know, then you don't have the ability to go, oh, I don't want that. But if you look at all the options laid out before you, mm-hmm. then it's your choice and you're in control. And that's all we want to do is really look at your personal family goals, what you want to have happen, how you Mm -hmm. want things to be protected and set up, and then give you the option to truly know so you can make the choice. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so you get some more choices. One of them is around sick leave. And we've got a few companies in the Milwaukee area where if you've got the the personal time, uh, you can't take it with you when you hit retirement. So people will say, I'm retiring July 1, but my last day is May 15th. Well, that's because they had six weeks left and they're just letting it run out. Other companies, you can take that uh, personal time, that sick leave, they call it for the, the federal government. You can take that personal time and convert it into like a health savings account type of situation where you can take the money out for reimbursing insurance premiums tax-free. And actually at... Um, one company I'm thinking of right now, depending on if you're union or corporate or when you were hired, it's completely different situations. So you need to look into this, uh, what's going to happen to your sick leave, what's going to happen to your health uh, benefits, what's going to happen to your, your personal time. How does it work with uh, the federal government? 
Yeah, it's exactly as you said earlier. When should you start retirement planning? In the moment you take the job. But mm-hmm. when it comes to sick leave, it's mismanaged all the time. So I implore people: look, if you're thinking about retirement, at least two to three years, if not more, but at least two to three years prior to retiring. Take the time to project the max sick leave balance, then determine how to use it because you can use some of it. And then the hours that you don't put toward your retirement, then use them. But let's at least again, look at the options, but it needs to be done two to three years out at minimum. Yeah, absolutely. It's just taking what you already have. We tell people this all the time. It's take what you already have and maximize what you already have. You might not need something new, right? You might not necessarily need a, a new fancy account. If you're maximizing your uh, pension options and maximizing your sick leave and how that happens to, to affect your pension and maximizing what you have with the TSP, you might already have what you already need. It's just knowing what's already available in there and, and maximizing that. Good. Well, a couple more things to look at. And one of them is highly important. We're going through this right now with a lot of our clients is the estate planning part of it, which is somewhat projecting out what your estate might look like and deciding who might be getting that money and what you might be wanting them to do with it. But it also has a lot to do with the risks that are out there. What happens if you don't die at a hundred with a million bucks? What happens if something happens uh, well beforehand? How does a, a federal employee need to look at estate planning? Yeah, I would say very similar to a civilian on this point. With estate planning, we of course your beneficiaries need to be looked at and updated quite often. But I think it comes down to making a plan and having it in writing and having advocates on your behalf that will handle if you have disability issues, if someone in the family passes away. Estate planning is for really everyone. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Well, and the last piece, the, the biggest tip that you have here is also for everyone. And that's just to, to make a plan. Tell me, how do you go about making a financial plan with your clients? Yeah, I think it it goes back to where we started, the judgment-free zone. So if you are afraid of bringing in your thrift savings plan statement, because we mentioned the G fund, there is nothing to be judged. It's open ears. It's literally us trying to put you in the best position that you want to be in. But it's also knowing how taxes will play into retirement. So for example, your pension is fully taxed. Social security, fully taxed. If you're in a traditional TSP, the withdrawals will be fully taxed. So Mm -hmm. it's really looking at the big picture of going, okay, look, you know, I always say this to clients, math is not money and money is not math. So if you have a million dollars and most people are like, I did it, I accomplished a million dollars for retirement, but what is that true payout? What's that true living quality with and without taxes and everything else that comes along with it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like how you said there that social security is fully taxed. And I imagine that's because you're talking a lot with federal employees where by the time they take out money from their pension and their traditional TSP, then social security is being taxed at the max at 85% of what you're getting on the payout from it. And for some people, they have zero control over that uh, because they haven't planned for it ahead of time. If you do the planning well ahead of time, and perhaps you're doing Roth TSP contributions, or you're taking that TSP, moving it to an IRA and doing Roth conversions, you could actually get to the point where some of your TSP money comes out. Some of your 401k money comes out tax-free from the Roth. 
And doing that will decrease oftentimes some of your social security. And so it just shows here's kind of the standard, what happens where fully taxed, fully taxed, like you said. And if you can plan ahead of time, you can reduce a lot of those taxes. A lot of people don't quite fully understand until they get there. Your retirement tax situation is a lot more flexible than when you're working. And if you've been working for 30, 35, 40 years, you're kind of used to the way things are and you don't realize that it might have made a change. So go ahead, work with a financial advisor that knows how your retirement system works, that knows how the tax pieces work work with everything. I imagine you'll do a lot better in retirement than if you, than if you don't. For sure. I love yeah. what you're doing out there. I appreciate you bringing on the federal benefit conversation. I think it will help so many people, Jeremy. Yeah, it's important. And here we are still in Wisconsin, but we've got a lot of federal employees still in Milwaukee and Northern Chicago. And interesting enough, we've got probably about half our listeners are not even in the Wisconsin area. Well, we'll definitely know exactly where to turn to when we have federal employee uh, benefit questions. Well, Aaron, uh, how can people get a hold of you? So I'm in the Dallas, Texas area. I will give Jeremy my work email, my cell phone, that sort of thing. I work for Blue Crest Financial Alliance mm-hmm. here in Texas. And what, you know what I love about our team too? So it's not just me, of course, but we have this wonderful team that works really well together. So for example, if I'm working with a federal employee, but they have a special needs child, that is a whole different level mm-hmm. of a trust and, and issues to consider. So our team really depends on each other. And I'm really proud to say that's how we maximize helping families. So I'll be more than happy to give out all my details here in in the Texas area. That's perfect. Yeah. We'll make sure we get things in the show notes, especially a uh, a link to the part of your website on with the Blue Crest Financial Alliance. And that'll be great. Any final words you'd like to leave us with? Oh gosh, just Jeremy, keep doing what you're doing. I think you're making great strides in this industry and helping so many people nationwide. And it's such a pleasure to connect with a really positive Jeremy Kyle. There you go. That's right. Yeah. Don't bother checking out the other Jeremy Kyle that's <laughs> out there. Uh, if you've already seen Jerry Springer, apparently that's that's all you need to know. That's, all you that's need. just so funny. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. Well, well, thanks Aaron for for coming on. Thank you for what you do for all the federal employees that are out there. And thank you to our listeners for joining us on the Retirement Revealed podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you will feel better about your money and you'll make better money decisions. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.